When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson. Have you ever had a time in your life when you just had enough? Maybe you lost your job or you had a bad relationship and it meant that you lost all your self-esteem and you didn't have a sense of purpose anymore, but your horse was what got you through it. Well, that's what it's like for the guys at Horseback UK. Every day, they use horsemanship to inspire recovery, regain self-esteem and provide a sense of purpose and community for people who've been injured in the military. It could be a physical injury or it could be a mental injury. And today we speak to the founder, Jock, and he's going to talk about all the wonders of Horseback UK. This is Horse Hour. I'd love to introduce a lovely man called Jock, and he understands that horses have so much to offer um, in terms of therapy. And a few years ago, he set up a lovely charity called Horseback UK with his wife, Emma. And I'm going to let Jock explain the great work that they do. How are you, Jock? I'm really good. How are you guys? Good. Really well, thank you. Um, Can we just start from the beginning then? You know, because we will talk in a bit about how horses can help. You work a lot with the military, don't you? Is that because you have a military background? Yeah, essentially, we set the charity up. My wife and I, Emma, in 2009, because I was made aware of 16 young men that had come back from Afghanistan with what we call life-changing injuries. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who was still serving said the farm um, that the charity is based on would be an ideal place for the guys to get out of camp, do something different. And that's how it started. We invited these 16 young men up and um, I got to know them over a, a period of about six months. And initially, the thought was about providing them with what we called mobility with dignity. Many of them were amputees. And the ability to ride a horse and to go back up the hills with a sense of freedom was something that they all aspired to learn how to do. Because what, what we wanted to make sure was that people connected to the horses and, um, you know, were good leaders before they became riders. So we developed a groundwork program which um, connected people to the horses and got them confident with the horses on the ground, maneuvering them. And, and, and getting the horse to willingly follow them. And we found that that was actually more powerful than the riding. And that was way back in 2009 stroke 10. And from there, we've developed courses which essentially help people reconnect to the world and, and other people because isolation can often affect people who have to endure lengthy recoveries. Mm. Now, horses require horsemanship to me is, is leadership. It's pure leadership. 
because a horse isn't that interested if you've got a degree from such and such university. The horse lives in the minute and you have to step up to the plate and you've got to become a leader. When the 16 guys came and spent the day, spent some time with you, what was it that you noticed first of all? Was it the impact that the horses had or was it the difference in, in the military guys? Well, the first thing is that I was surprised by how many, well, all the guys took to the horses. And I think that maybe in Great Britain, it's uh, horsing is seen by some people as, well, feminine, shall we say. Mm -hmm. if, if, and um, I was surprised that all the guys took to the horses. And that, this connection that was very apparent, you know, just grooming the horses, working the horses on the ground seemed to help people reconnect. And um, so, as I say, that's how we, we, we shape the courses that we now run because of what we witnessed in these first few years and what we've witnessed since. And it's really about getting people to um, step up to the plate, become a leader, engage in something that it requires thought, but also maybe a degree of courage because these big burly men have taken on the world and the worst of humanity. And yet it doesn't matter who you are, a big horse will still make you slightly nervous. <laughs> no, that's so true. <laughs> you want to overcome that, I think, as well. And I think that horses can teach people how to be good people. I totally agree. Do you think there's also this other um, manly side about them where I notice a lot of men that are in the military say, oh, I can get on a horse, I can go and gallop, and, you know, I'm going to go and be a cowboy. And then when they do actually spend time with the horses, they, they, it brings out their softer side, their sensitive side. They learn how to be gentle. Yeah, well, I think that one of the things that the horses are very good at is they mirror yourself. So, you know, some of the guys come back from ops and they're still buzzing because they, they've had to be on uber alert for a long time. Mm. That makes them slightly more aggressive. And, you know, the, the horse reflects that and they can kind of see themselves and then adjust their behavior accordingly. So the horse kind of teaches you what you are, what other people see you to be, and then allows you to consider how you appear to other people and how you can adjust that to make yourself... I suppose, um, more, more appealing to other people. You're a military man yourself. Did horses help you? Is that why you bought horses? Or how were you introduced to them in the first place? I was horse crazy since I was a kid, tiny kid. <laughs> and um, my parents were. And the conclusion I've had to come to is that my father was a haulage contractor. He had lorries. And his father was a horse and cart guy. And I, and I think that my love of horses is some sort of genetic disorder I inherited <laughs> from my, <laughs> my grandparents <laughs> The generations before that. But I've loved horses all my life and um, I had horses when I was in the military but one of the big um, events in my life that made me see things slightly differently was when I was 15 my mother was quite ill and I, I, I went for an exchange to North Carolina in America and I, I went and for most of the time worked in on ranches where the, the horses were, it was a true partnership, it was more like a sheepdog working with a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And I loved that relationship. I loved the fact that we were actually doing something, you know, work-wise with the horses. And we had to, we both had our jobs to do and we both had to do our jobs well. And when, when you connect, you know, I've been very fortunate in life to be part of teams, you know, especially in the military, but rugby is a passion of mine. And, you know, when you connect with other people or, or a horse and you, you really perform, you get to a point where you're really performing as a team, I don't think there's any greater pleasure in in life and I think for many of the people we serve they don't miss being in the military per se but they miss being part of a team and the crack that that brings with it the camaraderie and I think that the horse somehow replicates them.
Mm. Um, I, I love the fact that you look at it as a partnership and um, I, I think most equestrians do but it's it's something that we you can't explain you, you're very eloquent you're very good at explaining the relationship I think when you try and explain to a non-equestrian what a horse a horse and owner relationship or a horse and rider relationship can bring they really do offer so much more than just sitting on a horse and riding and we're, we're sick to death of hearing people say oh you just sit on the horse and ride it it's not about that it's about the trust it's about the friendship it's about a horse if it doesn't want to be with you or near you will will run the other way but for for years I've thought my own horse would make an amazing therapy horse because I mean he's like my little counsellor you know he'll listen to me moan and whinge and all the rest of it but it goes to such another a deeper level than that and that's what I'm really fascinated with your charity Horseback UK is is how you go about helping these people because there's loads of charities out there Jock you know there's um, Help for Heroes which I know are great at supporting you there's some really really great great charities out there but this is this is so different I hope that what makes us different is the fact that, first of all, where possible and practical, the team is made up of people that have served and been hurt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the team has an in-depth knowledge of the community we're trying to serve. I think that the other thing is that it's been a journey of discovery. I, what we did at the beginning really is very different to what we do now. We've had to learn and evolve. And I think the most important people that we've learned from are, are the men and women of the armed services that have been hurt, both mentally and physically. And, you know, in my opinion, what the, the, the kind of injuries that they've had to endure are described as life-changing. <laughs> they are very serious injuries. And the mental injuries are, are, are as, as damaging, as debilitating as the physical. And what these individuals, you know, have shown me is that they've not only had to endure the injury, but they, they, they then had to leave the herd that they were part of. Mm. And the, the herd provided them not only a job, but a way of living, an identity, a social life, you know, and all of that goes because they've been injured and had to leave the military. Now, often they're offered other jobs in the military, but, you know, it's the, the analogy I try to make is you play for Man United and you get your knee bust and they say you can't play for the team anymore, but you can stay and clean the showers. Most mm. people are going to go on. And, you know, so they have to, they have to reinvent themselves. And during that process, you know, you're at a low because your confidence and self-belief has taken a real battering because you've, you've been a patient for a long time, and especially for the guys and girls that have been hurt mentally. And therefore, the amount of time it takes you to recover is comparison, you know, you can compare to the amount of time you've endured the negative, and it takes a lot of rebuilding, like an onion getting layers and layers and layers back on it. And where the horses make the difference is that to start with, to start the reconnection, you know, the social pressure that people bring to bear can be very difficult because you've become isolated, maybe agoraphobic, anxious about people. And the horse doesn't affect you that way. But you're still using the same part of your brain. You're still connecting. You're still... And and the horses give you confidence and a connection that is absolutely essential to, I think, human happiness. And as, as the confidence builds and people are able to engage more fully with other groups and in time what I say to people when they first arrive is I want your help to help the next person along the path that you've had to take because you know what it's like and you can make that person's journey easier and I think that the three words that we try to use is giving people back a sense of community which is often lost giving them a sense of purpose a raison d'etre 
and uh, that is to help other people and to empower them where possible and practical to take an active role. I mean, my job really is to help you get your the confidence back so that you can move on to another community and reestablish yourself. Mm. That's our job at horseback is to give you back which was that's which has been stolen, so that you can find a new place in the world where you feel that you're contributing in part of the world. And the horses are the chemistry, the the magic, the catalyst that we use to do it, because the horses connect and reconnect people to their own good side of themselves, the confidence side. And, um, you know, that's, that's what we do at horseback. It sounds like this goes outside of the military as well. You know, listening to you speak now, I, I can think of people that I know that have suffered with depression and they need a sense of purpose and they, they're struggling to get a job because they're living with this all their lives and, and they don't know how to get out of this black hole. And I guess through your team of very... Do you have counsellors there? Do you have... Do you have therapists and I hate that word therapists but I guess you need to know how to be able to look after these guys as well and women it's not just men it's women too yeah it is Uh, well the first thing I'd say is that we don't and we have never um, aspired to be medics Mm. but we work with the organizations that provide the medical care individuals need we see our role as at the end of the clinical process instead of being declared fit and sending you home towards Jeremy Kyle oops (laughs) (laughs) it's a wonderful program but you watch daytime tv that we actually you know recovery is about getting somebody back to a point where they can contribute and participate in life it's not just a chemical process it's not just a clinical process and i think if you speak to medics and we're very lucky to work with some brilliant medics like dr libby mcgoogan for instance and they will tell you that you know strategically medics are looking at how do we get people back so they contribute because often people end up in a sort of eddy of being a patient mm. for the remainder of their lives. And we need to help people get back to a point where they're able to, you know, live life fully again. And that's where we step in. But the, the way that we, that we work with other charities is to ensure that if somebody, because recoveries are a rocky road, they're not straight lines. People dip. And if they dip, we're connected to enough of the, the, the charities that we can help somebody fit back into a medical program and then come back to us. Mm. But we help people at the end of clinical recovery so that they can fully participate in life again and, and feel that confidence and joie de vivre that, you know, makes life worthwhile. And and some people, when they've been in your courses, they actually come back and volunteer, don't they? They spend a long time with you. We, we need to we need to get on and start talking about how, how the horses help. Um, you, you've been kind enough to share with us a lovely video of Nick and Spotty, which we'll share on our website, horsehour.co.uk, which you can also get on YouTube as well, and we'll put on Twitter so you can see that video. Um, can, you, can you explain to us Nick and Spotty's journey? Well, you just said, you said you know, there were other groups that we might be able to help. So over the last two years whilst the, the military is very much at the heart of what we do but we see if that what we've learned with the military community can help others so three areas that we've looked at are racing welfare we work with so people that are hurt in the horse racing industry they, they, they come to us uh, which it took a wee while to get together because I think there was a sort of natural uh, resistance you know to go to Scotland and hear somebody talk about horses well we've worked horses all our lives mm. and the truth is that we we work horses in a very different you know we're training horses to do something very different than, than to go very quickly uh, um, in races uh, the other Scottish Rugby Union is another group that we've uh, taken what we've learned in the military and, and put across and Nick is one of these guys that got hurt playing rugby and he's a quadriplegic and what you know it was a real challenge to see what we could do with Nick because he has no movement beneath the neck and what we've managed to develop was a program where 
Nick can control the horse from a chair, and he's attached by an elastic band. And um, one, the horse that we, we used to do, an obvious choice, I would argue, was a, an ex-sprint racehorse called Peopleton Brook, not Spotty. And, um, and Brook was sent to me by the, the really good folks at Racing Welfare who look after horses after their racing careers. Yeah. And he, you know, he'd had a bit of a rough ride, but he was a fantastic racehorse. And we retrained him. And what we'll do is we'll send you the video of Nick working with Spotty, taking him over tarps. And this is a sprint racehorse. He never ran more than eight furlongs. Wow. And it's... The challenge is to, you know, using the, the leadership techniques that we teach and the horsemanship techniques is to empower Nick to take charge of a, a horse that other people probably would write off. Yeah. And I think that this is, for, for the guys and girls that I serve, I'm very privileged. It doesn't matter whether it's rugby or the military. These are, one of the things that I think is true is that people assume when you've been really badly hurt that you kind of change, but you don't. It's just the way people treat you. Mm. And you still want the adventures and the challenges that you had before you were hurt. And I think all too often society, for very good reasons, is sort of reluctant to push the boat. And, you know, the, the work that we do up here in Scotland is really about, you know, giving people the opportunity to feel that adrenaline and then to overcome it and to, and to create these teams that I've talked about. Mm. You know, so for me, it's all about the challenge of creating this team that I've mentioned to you before. Because the bond then, if you've been isolated and alone and been to hell and back, the, the, a horse kind of senses it somehow and the, the bond is, is, is real. And I think if you're speaking to people, you asked the question earlier, how would I describe it? Well, I just go back to most people have had dogs or no Well, it's the same thing. I've had interesting chats with a lovely lady called Heather Bennett and she's um, a, a para dressage rider and she hurt her back through show jumping and um, she was very much explaining the things that you've been talking about now where you know she was on her own she she was she was poorly but she wanted to get better and she wanted to get back on her horse and all she did was take a different route so she got riding but she had to be a power rider because she felt like the same person it's just some of her body didn't work properly that's what i've you know i've learned in 10 years is that you know, we work up, we go out and, and visit schools and colleges and the guys and girls that have been hurt. They're the spokesmen. And the idea is that the kids see that you don't change because you've been hurt. You might have to change the way you live, but it doesn't change it. But for some reason, we as human beings treat people that have. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've been hurt. Mm. And, you know, not all of us, but sometimes in a very patronizing way, as if, you know, the physical or, or, or the depression has somehow reduced your IQ mm. or your desire to live or take risk. And I, and I think we need to just have a look at ourselves and ask the question, how would we want to be treated if something like this happened to us? Mm. Now, do you want to be shoved in the corner and forgotten about? Keep quiet. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I'd probably be shouting more, saying, <laughs> I want to do more. <laughs> yeah, I think that, and, and you know, that's, I've seen this. I've seen people who probably have realised that life is more precious than they gave it credence for and, and do more now that they've gone through this type of injury than they probably did before. No, that's so true. Not that it even compares, but I did have a little accident a few weeks ago, and um, and even that small thing, you know, it kind of sets you back, and you think you start analysing everything, your life a little bit more, and deciding who who you want to be friends with and who you don't want to be friends with, and what you want to do with your life. And um, I think I might be getting married soon now because <laughs> I've decided that life's too short. <laughs> to to a marine, that must to be a really bad bump on the head. <laughs> He keeps messaging me saying, have you actually remembered that you said this? Um, so uh, going to the horses that you use then, uh, for the sounds of it, you know, like you said earlier, a sprint race horse is not my, would not be my first choice because even as a rider myself, I, I wouldn't be brave enough to handle a horse like that. So it must be your skills and the horsemanship things that you teach um, and that you teach the horse that enables them to be gentle enough and and good enough to use. So your techniques, what, what kind of techniques do you use? Well, Emma and I train the horses with a, a team, uh, Jackie and Bex and Tommy. And it really it comes, uh, I hope it's good horsemanship. And there's sort of four pillars that we base it on. And the first is kindness. You know, why would you follow somebody that isn't kind to you? Mm. Now, kindness doesn't mean to say, buy my horse a squirmy pink rug or you know, feed them out of the hand. It, it means that I've taken time to know, because all horses are different personality-wise, so I know my horse, I understand what he's frightened of, I understand what he's good at. And then, you know, we use um, techniques developed in California by a guy called Robert Gonzalez, who is my kind of hero, horse-wise, and is based on need, you know, necessity might well be the mother invention, but, you know, these training horses that are going to be work horses, ranch horses. i got a horse that stands still, i got a horse that... And, uh, you know, so initially we start, we used a lot of American quarter horses. But the truth is, mm. you, are, you are what you're taught to be. And one of the things that surprised me when we got Peopleton Brook was using the same techniques. I've got the best, the horse I trust most out of, from the most unlikely place. Because he was, he'd been isolated for a year. One of the reasons I took him on was because I wanted uh, to be able to explain to the world what we did. And, and Brook was an analogy because he'd um, he'd run, I think it was 91 times. He'd he'd won 15 races, placed another 12. So he was a, a hard-working sprint racehorse. But he lost. He got hurt. His back right got hurt tendon, and he, like the people I served, had to leave that herd. And because he had a bit of a reputation, he ended up sort of isolated, and you know he'd been written off. So that you know, for me to get to, to get to get Brook up here from racing welfare was. Well, you know, if we can do it with this horse, we can do it with any. And as it turned out, the uh, methodology has produced, you know, one of the horses that I trust most, definitely. And uh, the bond between me and him is incredible. I, I adore this horse. Mm. And, um, you know, so we, we probably, out of the 30, 
three horses we have, probably 16 to 20 are horses that we probably not find a home anywhere else. And we pride ourselves, because the guys can really identify with this. You know, you can imagine you're working with a horse that was kind of written off because it was hurt and it had to stop doing what it was it was kind of trained to do. And and so the guys and girls that we serve directly, are, are they, they can relate to the horses and there's this sort of bond in, instantly between the horse and the individual. Mm. And, else. and then what we're trying to do as far as methodology, which I think the question was a kind of weird <laughs> off, um, is, is to do with pressure and the release of pressure. So, you know, if I ask the horse to back, for instance, I'm going to put direct pressure on, and the second he complies, I'm going to release it. But Robert explained to me, Robert Gonzalez, that horsemanship is an art form. So, you know, you have to have feel. And, you know, I, you can't teach feel, you, can, you have to learn it. But the other thing you need is a sort of toolbox, and the toolbox gets more and more full the more horses you work. Mm. And, you know, I've been very lucky for the last 10 years in all my life worked horses, and, you know, I've still got an enormous amount to learn. But, you know, you can read a horse, you can work out what tool is, because what I want is a, is a trusty companion, mm. trusty teammate. And you make them. It's that simple. You make them. Oh, well, you say it's simple, but we've been trying for years and <laughs> we're struggling. We're struggling. I'd love well, to be able to have that that partnership that you see, you know, you see on the internet, you see videos, guys like you in California, you know, having this, this just, they just need to think and the horse will do it. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of our problem is we know where we want to get, but we're struggling to get there. Well, I, I can speak for myself. So, you know, I know where my horse spooks. I know what he's afraid of. Um, I kind of know how to handle it, but it's really knowing the tools on the ground and on board of how to deal with those situations. Well, I think, first of all, you know, definitely I'm a great believer, fix the problems on the ground. Mm. fix the problems on the ground I mean A it's infinitely safer and B you know you've got time to work it out the horses are like me when I was a kid you know you can only work really 20 minutes before they start gazing out the window and wondering <laughs> what's going on so you know it's quite good to have a kind of fixed program and understand what you're trying to do I mean for me personally the first thing I want is that horse to understand that I'm I'm the leader and I might back him up quite a lot and look him in, and then I, I look for stillness after that I want him to I want him to release because when he releases, he starts to think. So the way that I kind of try to explain it to people is that, you know, a horse is a flight animal and fear is going to, you know, he needs fear to stay alive because that's what's keeping him alert to the tiger that's around the corner. And the trouble is that if a horse gets a bit like the guys that have been to, to war and not come back down is if the horse is anxious, he's going to assume there's a tiger behind every wall. So you've got to get him thinking. The more he thinks, the less frightened he can be. So I like moving their feet, I like disengaging the back end, I like doing a lot of work on the ground with them so that they think, because it gives them a release, and, and you can see it, and once they start to think, the anxiety diminishes and they really start to enjoy working with you. You know, the next thing is I want my horse to stand still. Mm. I don't I don't understand why, you know, people say, well, my horse won't stand still. I say, have you ever, trained, have you ever taught it to stand still? Well, why would you do that? So I think that, you know, you need to work out what you want from the relationship and how you want the horse to behave and then choose the appropriate tool to get the result. But, you know, for us, the, the first thing is that these horses are trustworthy and safe with the people that we serve who've been through so much. Mm. We probably put about four months into each of them, a minimum, um, 20 minutes a day, five days a week, just to make sure that we've got horses that we can trust. And, you know, the other thing is we don't want people to come to us and not connect with the horse because that's going to be very counterproductive so we have to 
select the right horses for the right individuals. It's interesting how you can get that bond and you can get that trust to the extent that you can trust them with somebody who's in a wheelchair in just four months. Well, I, you know, I think that people underestimate how smart horses are. Mm. I really do. You know, and again, this has been a journey for me for probably the last sort of 15 years looking at horsing in a, you know, a different way and using groundwork and tools to get the horse in a place where... Because I believe that the first thing is you've got to put a foundation on a horse. You know, so if you want a jumper, you're going to have to still create, you know, spend time putting the four miles foundation on and then teach them how to jump. Mm. And I think that often we rush into trying to get to the end product before we've created the bond and the, and the foundation. And, I, you know, for me, it, I, I didn't work horses this way 15 years ago. And I can't, no one believes stronger than the convert. And I really <laughs> believe, believe that you've got to do this if you want to create this bond. It's about time. It's about presence, not present. Let's take it back to how we can get how people can get involved. You know, if they're looking for some help, they want to go on one of your courses. What can they do? Well, we serve, um, as I say, the military is the primary. So if there's any veterans out there who are hurting themselves and the problem is that with the mental injuries, they take time to manifest themselves in people. And often the individual doesn't see the change in themselves, whereas their friends do. Now, we work with the Navy and the Marines and the Army, and they've developed um, something called TRIM, which is trauma recognition in the military. And the idea is that everybody's taught the basic symptoms of somebody who's hurting a little bit. So if you've got, if you're hurting yourself, or if you are aware of somebody out there that's served that is hurting, then what I suggest you do is you can contact us directly, and that's um, www.horseback.org.uk, and the details are on the website. Or you can go to your local, any of the SAFA and Poppy Scotland, Veterans First Point. All these charities know about us. But the first step is to engage and get the medical help that you need. And then, you know, down the line, once you've got the clinical side weight off, then we are there to serve and help you get back your confidence and self-esteem so you get back to where you were before you were hurt. And as I say, it doesn't matter if it's mental or physical. There are plenty of uh, organisations and parties around the country, you're based down in England, um, which if you just go on to the, to the website, SAF, I would highly recommend. Um, Blesma, which is for limbless ex-servicemen, uh, the Legion, the British Legion. You know, there are ways of connecting. But often, especially if it's somebody that's been injured mentally, they're reluctant to connect because they don't feel confident. So maybe... What the Navy and the Marines and the Army are doing is trying to empower more of the community to watch out for their friends and and uncles. And if somebody is hurting, you know, explain that it's a brave thing to do to engage with help. It's not a cowardly thing to do. And the earlier you do it, the less damage the illness will cause you. And I think that you know we are we have seen a big change in mental health in this country over the last decade about our understanding of it. The fact it's an illness, nobody wishes to be ill, and. You know, we, we as a society need to be vigorous, especially in our community where people have been exposed to humanity behaving at its absolute worst, that there will be a consequence for a minority of people and that it's perfectly normal for that to happen and it is manageable and treatable and curable. But if you delay it or deny it, then it's going to cause you more damage than, than it will do if you engage early. The vision is very clear and I'd like to just, you know, get this absolutely clear to everybody that's listening, is that the idea is that we empower the guys and girls that have been hurt to contribute to other people's recovery. Mm. And in doing so, we've created the community in the process. And it's still early days. And, you know, we've had to start this from scratch. 
um, with no money or anything. And um, I think we're now up to about helping 670 individuals move on with their lives and regain that which was stolen from them. But we do want to help more people and we are restricted. Well, we need to help you as well. I think as part of the equestrian community, I think it's our duty to give back as much as we can. We give a lot to um, our horse charities that help horses that are in need. Um, And I think the servicemen and women of this country deserve more. So if we want to donate towards you and, um, and help somebody that's injured come and see you then how can we do that well i can say the first thing i I would do is have a quick look at the website which has got a wee nine minute video at the beginning of it which i hope would clarify a little more of what our role is in life and where we try to help people secondly um we are the chosen charity of beta this year so we were down at the big conference in birmingham amazing yeah and uh, you know very honored to be chosen for the charity and uh, you know we work with many of the the um, the people that were represented there, and very lucky to to do so. I do think this is something that the equine world needs to get behind. We all know that uh, horses have a a power, and you know man's and well, mankind's relationship with horses goes back thousands of years. It's only in the last hundreds that we've become disconnected. Mm. You don't spend time with a horse; he'll tell you how to be a good person. <laughs> you can do just gigging or something like that if you feel so compelled. But um, you know, any, spread the word. And the, the, you know, I'm speaking to the converted because <laughs> everybody that's got a horse, as you mentioned, understands the power that they bring to us and and how they can help us. But what surprised me is, of all the We've had, as I say, six, seven hundred people come to us, and not one of them has left saying, well, I don't like horses. Mm. So I think that, you know, that to me is proof that, you know, that if if people are introduced to horses in the right way, we'd all take to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's amazing and it's very honourable what you're doing. So thank you, Jock. Um, It's something that I wish that I could do more of myself. If I didn't live in the south of England, then I would have been up up with you every weekend trying to help. Um, But anything that we can do, anything that Horse Hour can do to help or support you, please just let us know. Um, We're going to put all of your information on our website under Horse Hour Champions with links through to your website, Horseback UK. Um, And I'd love to share some of your videos over the next few weeks as well on Twitter. Well, there's, um, I, I can't be very specific, but in the next two days I should get confirmation of another horse that anybody in the racing world will know and he's going to come up and um, we're going to uh, try to film the conversion oh, wow. of, him, of him going from a race horse into a horse that's going to be able to work with the guys and girls oh Jock we'd love that, that would be brilliant thank you so much, how can we follow you on Twitter, are you on Twitter and Facebook it's horseback underscore UK is a Twitter account Great. And then Facebook is Horseback UK. Yeah, Horseback UK. And there's a link from the, the website to that one. And just remind us again of your website address. It's www.horseback.org.uk. Well, thank you so much, Jock. We will put all those details on our website, of course, and on um, and on all our social media. So you can always get in touch with Jock. You can go and see what the guys at Horseback UK are doing. Phenomenal cause. And let's give them some money as well. Donate if you can. £5, £10, anything will really, really help. Thanks, Jock. Speak to you soon. Thank you so much. And um, thank you, everybody, for listening. appreciate it very much. 
Thanks so much for listening. You can get all the information on Horseback UK via our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk and uh, there's a Horse Hour Champion section. It's all our favourite charities for 2017. And Jock's charity is right up there at the top with uh, the best of them. I think it's great work that he does and uh, I really hope that we can continue to support him through 2017. I hope you've been having a good week with your horse. Next week is really exciting because we're at Badminton. Can't wait. Uh, We're going to be catching up with Piggy French. You will hear her interview on Monday on Horse Hour during our networking hour. Every second a horse jumps, we will be there to take photos and we're going to be keeping you up to date on Twitter. So while you're at work, if you can't get to badminton, then uh, keep your Twitter feed alive on your phone or on your computer because we'll be live periscoping, Facebook Live. um, There'll be backstage interviews, videos and minute-by-minute updates of what's going on at badminton. It's very exciting and it all starts on Monday and I do hope you can join us if you're going to badminton then don't forget to use your hashtag horse hour and then hopefully we can even get together it would be lovely to meet you for a pims or two in the meantime stay up to date on our website horsehour.co.uk and have a really good week with your horse I'll speak to you soon you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8pm uk time 3pm eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and subscribe to us on acast itunes stitcher and player fm hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.